I'm David. This is Michael and Cheerio. Welcome to our show where we understand it's pedantic to scrutinize the minutiae of our favorite movies and TV shows, but stick with us while we banter because while ultimately it's of no true consequence, still we endeavor to be precise about the classification of the genre when we ask, does it sci-fi though? As always, we appreciate your likes, subscribes, and Patreons. Today we're looking at a television show, The Good Place starring Ted Danson and Kristen Bell, uh, currently available on Netflix. Um, what can you tell us about The Good Place? So I'll be making the case that The Good Place is sci-fi today. Uh, you know, it's uh, I started watching it its second season. Uh, it had a brilliant twist. You know, it masterfully combined drama with comedy while also being very cerebral and very in-depth into these like really high-profile ideas in a way that we've never really seen before. That's right. And uh, I think it really captured, uh, you know, captured the hearts and minds. Well, the fact that it's funny really helps out too. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. All right, so let's begin with the, the rule change. What about this place is different than our, the normal world that we live in? So a lot of people get hung up on sci-fi being tech-fi. Hmm. But the, the rule change here has to do with the science of this world. Science explains how the universe operates. And the universe of the good place operates differently than the universe you and I actually live in. We learn very early from the beginning, in the very opening scene, before even the title cards, uh, Eleanor wakes up. You know, everything is fine. And, you know, uh, Michael, uh, Ted Danson, welcomes her in. And, and you are now in the next phase of your existence in the universe. Cool. <laughs> and uh, the first rule change is that, you know, we have the afterlife. And it's not the Christian heaven and hell. And, you know, it's, it's their own thing that there's the good place and the bad place. Mm. And, you know, we have this score that determines where you go. And uh, that really sets that world apart from ours. That's true. It is the, a different uh, ideal of what uh, we normally would associate with the afterlife. Mm -hmm. But still, it's very familiar to us. Not, not that we can even have knowledge of the afterlife, but, you mm -hmm. know, only Doug Forsett had ideas about this kind of afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the, the distinct event. Uh, what about uh, the rule change uh, fuels the, the distinct event in this narrative? So Eleanor immediately is very calm. She's relaxed. She's happy about how things are unfolding. Uh, and Michael starts talking to her. You know, about all the great things you did on Earth. You had such a high mm. score. You know, she earned all these good person points. And, you know, he has the right name for her. And he describes this ridiculous death, which is a very Eleanor way to die. But as he keeps going, she realizes that he's describing things that don't describe her. You know, when you went on this hunger strike, mm. whenever you uh, did this charity work here, whenever you were a human rights lawyer. And she's like, yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed that, but uh, don't ask me about it. I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that kind of mistaken identity of hiding in uh, paradise uh, is something that could never happen in our world. And it really sets Eleanor down a path. Right. The conflict fuel, which is about uh, the rule change that causes the critical fueling of the conflict. So... Eleanor knows that she doesn't belong in the good place, mm -hmm. but she gets enough information about the bad place to know she doesn't want to go there. Mm -hmm. So she finds through Chidi an idea. Chidi is an ethics professor. Maybe she can learn to be good. And 
you know, it's hard for her because we later learn Michael's intentionally making it hard for mm. her. You know, she's surrounded by people that are literally better than her, which plays right into her personality flaws. And then meanwhile, Chidi is, has this contractual agreement that he's, tr you know, he's promised her to help, but he's putting all these, you know, ethical dilemmas that he can't figure out. And so, uh, because of this rule change on how the good place works, and because of this distinct event of mistaken identity, uh, our characters really struggle through the first season just to survive, just to try to be undetected. And uh, it, it only spirals out of control in later seasons. Well, we move on to uh, the human problem. Uh, the human problem being the, what, uh, the, the problem of the heart or the mind. Uh, what does the, the good place provide us in that regard? So we get a lot of this from Eleanor's perspective, but really provided by Chidi, because we, we really get uh, three main ideas. There's the Aristotelian idea, virtue ethics. If you do good things, then you must be a good person because of the good things you've done. And then we get the idea of consequentialism, that actions are good if they have good results. It matters what happens. And then we also get uh, this idea of contractualism. If you live your life by a set of rules that other people wouldn't object to, then those are good rules to live your life by. And, uh, you know, Eleanor starts trying to think uh, this is a problem of the mind, that if she reads more books, if she studies, She's struggling. That's not her thing. She has to learn to be a good person. But she's trying to learn from cheating. Mm, right. But, uh, you know, we ultimately, uh, throughout the course of four seasons, uh, really becomes a problem of the heart because we start to adopt this, uh, this idea that comes from Todd May's book, Death, that life has value because of its finitude. And what's important is that we try. Mm -hmm. We don't always succeed. But it's important that we try. And Eleanor is actually, th this idea doesn't come from Chidi. It comes from Eleanor. Hmm. Try and help them get in. I mean, why not try? It's better than not trying, right? But then why not try? Hmm. And uh, so we really end with, you know, a problem of the heart hmm. through Eleanor. Right. It was really quite a, a, a change for her character as well. It was. Yeah. Now let's move on to the mirror. We're, uh, we're reflecting on today's society. How does the, the good place provide us a reflection? So... We eventually come to, uh, at the end of season two, they're escaping the bad place. And uh, they get to um, Jen, the judge. And they're trying to make a case. And uh, this, this comes up over a few different uh, episodes, but ultimately the problem that we deal with is unintended consequences. And uh, we get a situation where Michael's looking through the book of Doug's because he stole it from the accountants. And, uh, you know, this one guy in Maryland tried to buy flowers for his grandmother and got negative points because of all these other negative consequences that were uh, dealing with it. Because the old good place works under consequentialism, mm -hmm. that you get points based on the consequences of your actions. But the world's so complicated that uh, it, it's, it's not possible, even for someone like Cheaty who tries so hard, or someone like Doug Forsett who goes through crazy lengths to try to do good, but it's clearly flawed. Right, because no one has actually gotten into heaven because of the point system and the, the consequence because everything is so interconnected right. that negative points ultimately result in every action. And so we have this mirror that we're looking at of 
okay, well, so how, how do we be good in this world? And what, what, what should we do? And, uh, you know, we have the same struggle that Eleanor has at the beginning of season three after her life has been saved and she tries working for the environmental group and she's like, you know, I was, I was good for six months and where has it gotten me? <laughs> you know, like what, where are my moral desserts? You know, she's looking for the reward and uh, it's not for two seasons later that we see in the, the final that the reward is, you know, that little voice, mm -hmm. your conscience that tells you when you're doing something wrong and when you do good things, you know, the, the voice isn't bothering you anymore. <laughs> right. Let's move on to the what if question where we uh, have the sense of wonder about the show. What does the show give us in, a sen in that sense? So I, I think it asks us a couple different questions. Uh, you know, we start with Eleanor whenever she's a bad person in the good place. You know, what if you had the chance to change? And we get that much more literally as Michael resets them to continue torturing them. Mm -hmm. And then uh, even more strongly when the judge allows Michael to uh, go back and give them a little push from certain death and they don't know all the rules that are going on, but they know they have uh, through, through this fortunate consequence that they think is just fortune, right. um, that they think they should change their lives. And so, you know, we, we can ask ourselves that question too, like, you know, could one day we just decide to change? Like, what would, it, what would it mean if we wanted to live a good life? You know, what does it mean to be good? What, what action should I take? Uh, what, what, what's the path? In the show, I mean, was um, was the the proposal that Michael was making that the characters had improved themselves unknowingly, and that uh, by saving them at that certain point, you know, all this is experience that is now part of their character. Would then come shine, would would come through, and they would make better decisions, having experienced a, a more positive way of doing things. Mostly, but he's also viewing it through uh, the same idea that we get from Chidi at the end of season two. Mm. Uh, Chidi's giving a lecture based on Scanlan's book, "What We Owe Each Other." Right, and uh, you know he says that. I argue that we choose to be good because of our bonds with other people and our innate desire to treat them with dignity. And so Michael thinks it's these four, the connections with each other, that they strove to improve themselves and each other because they were together. Uh, so M Michael thinks the group dynamic is important. Well, yeah, most of the characters are, are very isolated, you know, because Eleanor only thinks of herself and uh, Tahani, you know, is more uh, concerned with the way other people look at her. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if she's perceived to be, you know, as, as accomplished as she tries to predict. Uh, project yourself to be. Yeah. So we move on to the uh, the examined ideal, where the show provides an ethical suggestion. So we really hit this one really strong. Most sci-fi shows uh, tend to lob this one in or pick some kind of easy target, like freedom is good. Uh, but we really take this from multiple different examples, and we really get it at the very end of our series finale. All of our characters have had the opportunity to become the best versions of themselves because they've repeated it so many times through Michael's experiments. And we're not really shown that one of them is better than the other. I mean, in different metrics, yes, but we're shown that they're different, not, uh, you know, they're not ranked. Mm -hmm. I mean, Chidi makes this huge accomplishment that he proposes the system that replaces the consequentialism 
and gives people a cycle of improvement to become themselves. And now people can earn their place in the good place. And, uh, you know, humanity and the universe is better for it. That's a huge accomplishment. Meanwhile, Jason, on the other hand, is nice. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Right. He's genuinely kind. But the show still celebrates that and celebrates the positive impacts he has on the people around him and, you know, how far that can get you. Just, I mean, we never see Jason lash out in anger or be spiteful. He's genuinely kind and warm-hearted. And they're they're equally worthy uh, of of being, you know, rewarded for their, uh, for their, for who they are. Right. All of them started with something negative. Mm -hmm. They became the best versions of themselves and kind of overcame that. Uh, Tahani, like we said, had her materialism, and then she goes to a path of self-improvement for own edification. Eleanor was uh, disconnected and selfish, and then she later, you know, uh, realizes the enrichment of having connections with other people, and uh, she thrives in that way. Each of our characters really have very different growth, but we're seeing, uh, we really examine these different ideals on different ways to be good. That's right. To improve yourself isn't just one way of doing things. Yeah. The the two things we really end with is uh, we hit the idea of contractualism really hard. Hmm. Uh, the idea that you should live by a set of rules that even another person wouldn't disagree with. And the idea from uh, Todd May that you should try. Might not always work, but you should keep trying. The effort is worth his own. Yep. All right. Uh, so does it sci-fi? Uh, I think it very strongly sci-fi's. Mm. It might be, you know, in the top tier of sci-fiing things. You know, we don't have that common space. We don't have technology. We don't have time travel. We don't have aliens. We don't have ships. We don't have all these tropes. No futurism. We, we don't have any futurism. It takes place in what appears to be modern day. Mm. Uh, but the universe is still different. So it's still science fiction because the rules that the universe operates under provide this rule change. And then all these other scenarios and facts and plots and themes all fall out from there. And uh, they reflect on our lives. Right. And, you know, we ponder what if questions and we reflect in the mirror and we get different examples of an ideal and we can legitimately think about our life and be like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe that is good. Yeah, yeah. As, as a fantasy setting, but it's easily accessible to our, to our daily lives. Yeah. I think it's sci-fi. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's very good. Uh, what is your rating for uh, a, The Good Place? Uh, I think The Good Place has exceeded in ways that few few shows have, and I think The Good Place will continue to influence television from here on out. I'm going to give it four fingers and a thumb. Hmm. Maximum. All, right. all, all appendages on my hand are up in this regard. Wow, that's a very high rating. Yeah, I'm not saying that there's no TV shows out there that are better. It hmm. may not be the single best TV show of all time, right. but I'm saying it's there in the top tier. It does what it does really, really well, mm. and it's hard to find things to be mad at it about. Right. I mean, it's genuinely funny. You know, there are laugh-out-loud moments in it, and uh, there are no annoying characters that constantly provide, you know, speed bumps mm-hmm. or problems for our main, our heroes. I was worried about Jason at first. That's yeah, true. Yeah, he, he seemed like a classic, you know, uh, Gilligan, you know, that he was going to be, you know, causing problems and was constantly going to have to be fixing whatever he did. But, but they came they, around. But they, they really steered away from that. You know, it was much smarter than that. And, and the higher level of, uh, of education that, uh, you know, that it provides. You know, people just don't get philosophy out of their comedy shows you know, very often. Ever. Yeah, if ever. What's well, your rating here? Well, I'm going to give it 24 stars out of 25. 
very high rating. That's one of my higher ratings. Only shaving off a single star. I like to reserve, you know, the highest rating <laughs> for, you know, the best show there is. Right, right. But I don't know if that exists. It's quite the pinnacle. That's right. But this is way up there. It certainly is. It's it, a good show. It touches a lot of boxes and checks many uh, uh, areas that other shows just don't. I still remember my first binge watching of season one, and I wish I was able to watch it for the first time again. Mm. It was really satisfying. Yeah, and the reveal on series one was uh, inspired. And all the way to the season four finale. Mm -hmm. It's hard for a show that's gone multiple seasons to have a good ending. Oh, yes. And it was solid. We've seen so many failed finales. Yeah. It was funny, it was high level, but it was also, you know, very emotional. Right. You know, the. Uh, there, there were a lot of moments. Right. So, The Good Place, now available on Netflix. Well, thanks for sticking with us. While our opinions don't matter, your likes, subscribes, and Patreon support does. And keep asking, does it sci-fi, though? <laughs>